0: Welcome to the Mostly Star Wars podcast. Today we are going to be talking about all things A New Hope. So episode four of the beginning of the trilogy, the original trilogy. Super excited uh, to jump into the original trilogy. We're going to be...
1: Uh-oh, did Did, we lose him? Did we lose him? Uh Uh-oh. Well, that's good timing. All right. Well, why he tries to reconnect. Uh, yeah, we're going to be talking a new hope. And, uh, one thing I want to shout out before we start, uh, beginning. Oh, the, G- are you back? <laughs> Technical difficulties, gents. <laughs> uh, I don't see your video, <clears throat> but So, uh, before we get started here, having some technical difficulties, right. As we get started, always fun. Uh, you see in the description, uh, join our discord. If you want to talk all things, Star Wars, share memes, ask questions. It's a good fun environment. And then also, if you want to support us, uh, join the Patreon there. We, we had our first member this, this, uh, last little bit. Uh, thank you to, uh, Togo BAP as our first Patreon member. We greatly appreciate that. That helps us very much to keep this going. And so, uh, we also have all of our Twitters, which are on the screen as well as other channels where we do other projects as well. Uh, sorry, uh, Q. If you kind of want to take over, I'm gonna get Josiah back in here.
2: All right. Well, again, we appreciate uh, everybody who enjoys this podcast. Uh, we try to make it fun and enjoyable for everyone, and we appreciate uh, the support we've gotten in many ways from from our community that we're we're growing here, and we really appreciate it. think um, so we have Josiah back on picture. Josiah, are you are you back? I don't know. Am I back? Oh, there <laughs> he goes
0: okay good yeah i don't know what happened there but internet drop out or something (laughs) must have yeah
1: all right well we were just uh we mentioned all the uh patreon stuffs and everything so
0: yeah awesome
1: so uh i was thinking where we could start is what changed for you watching a new hope from the after watching the obi-wan kenobi show oh Oh. and he's
2: gone again um i don't really want to start too much the podcast without him we need to bounce off our ideas off each other but um (laughs) <laughs> okay, focus on me because I don't know what we're doing.
1: Um. Well, okay, so.
2: We, we, need to yeah, get we can kind
1: of we can kind of give them a little bit, but we also don't want to leave too much dead air, you know.
2: Yeah, I understand. Um.
1: Hello. Okay, back. Now I'm back. Hello there, yeah, man. I, I, don't...
0: I have no idea what's going on.
1: It I must see be my you, internet, but... I guess. But yeah, you keep your little fuzzy and hmm. all right. Well, uh, I was in the middle of asking, uh, what changed for you when watching a new hope, uh, after seeing the Obi-Wan show, I think.
0: Oh, well, uh, yeah, I could, I could, I could jump in uh, since I'm on. <laughs> um, and hopefully i don't drop but yeah i think yeah it, it was a big difference i obviously i've i've watched these films so many times but after the obi-wan series and jumping in again kind of like we had you know mentioned in previous uh, our previous podcast it's pretty crazy like when you think of you know now this new chunk of canon that we never had before you know the uh, everything that obi-wan had been through was already crazy kind of watching the the prequel trilogy and then jumping in you know you get a lot more backstory um you understand the characters so much more but i think with the the show i think even more it just drives home you know the the heartbreak um and everything that obi-wan went through and so even though he's really like this you know space wizard you know kind of like you know otherworldly i guess you can say uh crazy hermit hermit guy right you start to understand a little bit more of everything you went through and i kind of thought it was funny now kind of seeing how obi-wan really wanted to have this connection with luke from a young age and he was kind of held back right and so i think it's kind of funny in this one it... oh y- yeah
1: uh Sorry, if you kind of want to uh, continue his thought, just I will continue to work on this. Um. Yeah, Obi-Wan, you can, I liked. <laughs> <laughs> it
2: jumps, it comes back in for a second and then it's gone again. Oh man.
1: <laughs> I see you currently. Uh, sorry, you were saying where Obi-Wan had, where he, where he is at this point.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm not sure where I cut off, but um yeah, I was I was saying I think this is kind of funny because you can kind of see Obi-Wan really wanted to have a connection with him, you know, while he was younger and you know, in, in some ways already start training him. And then on this one, it's basically like, Oh, well, they're dead now, so you're coming with me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, and I think for for me the what changed the most is actually, uh, Owen and Baru where mm-hmm. you kind of look at them, not as just people in the way of Luke's progress and, going out into the galaxy and, and making his, his own choices, but more of, they're just loving parents who care about, who care about him. They're not just babysitting him until he's time to grow up. Or end yeah. of mm-hmm. And give out.
2: hmm
1: And and so it makes that not only that, but you, you it it adds to you have to know that they didn't just go down quietly. They went with a fight. And that yeah. was all you think about the battle they must have had, it just makes it all the more tragic. I'm kinda of wonder how many stormtroopers they took out before <laughs> yeah. before that Before and falling. that's, and so, and then the music there—it just it adds to it the the drama and and if you think about all that, it just perfectly adds to all that, and so you can kind of look at them with a new a new light really, mm-hmm. especially uh, Baru because you can tell that she's like the sensible one, mm-hmm, <laughs> and. She says, well, he can't stay here forever. All of his friends yeah. are gone and, and, you know, and he you <laughs> but, and then it kind of reminds me of when Obi-Wan is talking to Luke and he's like, well, oh, I can't get involved in all this. And he goes, that's your uncle talking. Yeah.
3: Yeah. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm.
1: And, and so that it was just a real good, I think, look at them
3: mm-hmm
1: and how much how much they have changed hey what's up send it
0: yeah I, I think another the thing. that's good that's good yeah i think another good thing with that uh to kind of see with uh both of them is you know oh that's the way owen was raised right you know we we got his backstory in the prequel trilogy he grew up, you know, just working the farm. Right. Mm-hmm. So he's just a farmer and he's raising his son the way, the only way he knows how the way that he was raised and you can kind of see that logic.
1: Yeah. You know? And yeah, exactly. He's just a farmer. He, it kind of reminds me of, um, Galen Urso when he's like farming a man of your talents he's like, it's a peaceful life. Although, <laughs> yeah. life on Tatooine is probably never fully peaceful. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the desert is hard on you regardless. <laughs> Even if no one else is.
2: Yeah. Um, I, one of the biggest ways I looked at it differently was just Obi-Wan's character himself. Uh, mean mm-hmm. before the before the show he always thought of, of obi-wan as the stoic jedi who never gave up who always was always the jedi that was just waiting to do what he needed to do and that really wasn't the case he was he had lost his way pretty pretty badly at, yeah. at the beginning of the show for those 10 years right mm-hmm. and and you could you could see in a way that he was fighting with vader that he was completely with the force at that point he wasn't he wasn't like when he first fought Vader in episode three where he was you know he's not in touch with the force, and even though he was pretty much expecting to to be killed by Vader, he wasn't afraid at all he was completely in touch with the force and he was he was he was ready to do what he needed to do mm-hmm,
1: yeah. And I kind of like that. And you can see the contrast in their fight. I know a lot of people like look at the prequels and everything and say, Oh, that fight was so lame. And, and, and I think the fight really wasn't a fight <clears throat> there. The, even both of them are kind of past that. That's kind of the whole point of why the emperor told Vader, you know, if you keep chasing after him you're gonna be distracted constantly. And so I think mm-hmm. even even Vader has kind of moved on from their their squabble to now it's just and and I still one thing I thought was interesting is a lot of people have always pointed out, well this doesn't make sense when he said when I le- left you I was but the learner. And I still think that means when he left him on mustafar when he left the jedi he was a learner i don't think that that doesn't that doesn't reference their fight only 10 years ago
2: i don't know because i could still see um obi-wan kind of taught him a lesson there that he's still not as strong as he thought he was in that fight so i mean yeah he could still be talking about that but i guess you could say when i left you and uh, when he left obi-wan it could be a a reference to when he left the order when he left his side cuz he didn't not, if not you a think specific about it battle but like when that decision was made to leave the jedi
1: if you think about it he cuz in at the end of the uh episode 6 of the kenobi show he didn't leave him obi-wan left him
3: mhm
1: obi-wan mm-hmm went away he he walked away that's how yeah. it was
2: on mustafar too
0: yeah
1: mm-hmm.
0: yeah the other thing that you could also uh think about is if he was talking about being a learner as far as the dark side yeah yeah so he he I was, was still learning the way dark
2: side.
0: yeah and then now he's been able to master it
2: and he was a, he was so when he left Obi-Wan, he was an apprentice of the dark side, and now he's a master of the dark side kind of mm-hmm.
0: thing. That Yeah, that could also be a possibility.
1: Yeah, I could see that. I like that. I also, I like, because the whole fight is, it's really, it's symbolic, and because he, he also tells him, you know, you're only a, because, ma- yeah, Obi-Wan's response there is you're only a master of evil, Darth. Yeah. And so he's still he's still saying, "Hey, you're not you're you're no you were no Jedi Master." (laughs) (laughs)
0: He's still revving that
2: in.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Interesting.
2: An interesting thought on that line is he doesn't he doesn't say his name. He just calls him Darth. Mm -hmm. Like he doesn't care that his name is Vader. He knows Anakin is dead, is what. That's what Vader told him. You know, he killed Anakin, and, mm-hmm. and so Obi Wan doesn't even respect him enough to say his name. He just, you know, he uses his title.
1: Well, that's kind mm-hmm. of why he calls him Darth at the end of the episode of Kenobi, is because he's uh, Vader is told him that he killed uh, he killed Anakin. Vader killed Anakin, mm-hmm. and that's yeah. why. He's, he t- looks at him as just a puppet of evil.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: And so that's why he calls him by his title.
3: Yeah.
0: So, Another thing that I'd like, I don't know why I just saw this, but. It... <laughs> Perfect timing, Josiah. It like really stuck out.
1: Yeah, okay. Hold on, I feel hold, like hold
0: every on. time I. You. I feel like it's, I feel like it's every time I, you start decide. to speak. I think that's what it is. <laughs> it's like, every time I start to speak, it cuts out.
2: You're you're like, mm. you started a sentence, you got like three words in, and then you were gone. You're like gonna say something important and then just nothing. <laughs> uh. I
0: feel like that in a way is kind of a good thing because you know then I always seems like i'm about to say something really good even if it isn't (laughs) nice (laughs) but no i i don't okay so i don't know if you heard it but what i was gonna say is i feel like it's funny like now re-watching it when obi-wan wears his cloak he has it like with the pointy top right so he like (laughs) really looks like a wizard you know and i i guess i still never really thought of it so much like the cloaks and stuff especially through the prequels. I never thought of them like that and they never really like stood up like a cone so much but like it definitely was like Obi-Wan is like definitely like a wizard.
2: (laughs) Well that's what Owen (laughs) called him lost wizard in the desert.
1: Mm -hmm. That's so wizard Annie. (laughs) Yeah see that's a good thing in Star Wars. (laughs) So Uh, I was going to say something about, about the fight. Oh, the fight. So, because I look at that fight as being more symbolic and it's, it's not necessarily for Obi-Wan and Vader at all. Really? Mm -hmm. Obi-Wan sacrifices himself for Luke and Leia and it's, and it's not, it's not a sacrifice, like, Hey, I'm surrendering my life. So you can escape kind of thing. Mm-hmm. It's more of, this is your fight. You are the, the adults taking this world now in, in, and you need, this is your fight and it really symbolizes. He, he's showing them what needs to be done. If you need to go to this extent of sacrificing your life for, for this cause, it's that important.
3: Mm-hmm. And,
1: and he's just showing them, this is what needs to be done. If, if you need to, you know, you need to go this far. Mm-hmm. And so I, I, that's the way I've always looked at that fight. I, I get. It's a little slow it's not i've seen the the reimagined one That's, yeah. it's cool but i just don't think it fits i think this more fits the tone
3: mm-hmm. well
2: i mean it's this is not an, an imagined universe and it had to start somewhere and the technology just wasn't what it is today obviously and mm-hmm. you know, oh yeah you've if you can't enjoy it because of that, then I don't know. There's there, other movies you can watch, but there are some it's, instances. It's, it's just something you need to, you need to look past. I mean, it was amazing for its time. So mm-hmm. so there,
1: there was one thing movies. I noticed on my rewatch and I had never noticed it before, but I have noticed some of those older, this is obviously the beginning of the building of the universe so when they find the uh, sand crawler, and all the Jawas are dead. And they find out that their uh, stormtroopers destroyed them. And Luke goes, if they trace the robots to the sand crawler to the Jawas, then they'll trace them back home. And I just I was caught off guard by he said robots. Mm -hmm. I was like, I've never thought about that before. I've never heard that line. I I mean, I've heard that line but I've just never caught it that way because obviously in Star Wars, you would never call it a robot. They're droids. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: Yeah. (laughs) And so I I was watching and I was like, oh, okay. Some some instances you can see that this is the beginning and and it was just you know, there are some things like that.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, I think also the the dialogue where he says that Darth Vader was a Jedi.
3: <clears throat> mm mm-hmm.
0: You know, it's, it's another thing. Like, people have kind of went back and forth once again. Like, you've brought up before, like, headcanon on how that could work or make sense. But the yeah. reality is, I think, like what you said, it was just kind of a, a miss in the script. It would have been better if he said, you know, Sith Lord, you know, or Lord of the Sith or whatever you know mm-hmm. instead of saying that he is a jedi cuz obviously Darth Vader's not a jedi.
1: <laughs> yeah, and that yeah. that's also in uh when uh Tarkin is talking to Vader, he says mm-hmm. uh the jedi the jedi are all dead their their light has gone or their fire has gone out in the universe. You, my friend, are the last of their religion.
2: Mhm. Yep. Yeah, just, so, there's just terms that I don't think were were known of yet or or decided on at that point you know
1: Mm -hmm. and and they all seem fine if you were to when you wrote when the movie was made they're all everything was said was fine yeah (laughs) if you you know if you thought if you take in just the movie just itself and say they're all jedi i mean they all basically are they're force users and i think that's To the galaxy, the galaxy—I don't even know if they know Sith exists, really. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. The—I don't believe people, not very many people knew that the Emperor was a Sith Lord. Yeah. And so, to them, the galaxy only knew Force users as Jedi. Mm Mm-hmm. And so it kind of makes sense to say, and it would just—even though they're opposite beliefs—but you would still a Force user, you would lump them in together
2: yeah it kind of dates back to the uh the old republic era when uh, like the nice old republic game the first one takes place during what is called the jedi civil war right mm-hmm. it's the jedi versus the sith and there's there's thousands of jedi on on both sides jedi and sith fighting each yeah. other but and the at galaxy that time they were called
1: dark it. jedi
2: yeah mm-hmm. and so the the uh the galaxy just sees them all as jedi fighting for power even though mm-hmm. you know there's there's jedi and there's sith but to the galaxy force users are jedi yeah yeah for sure
0: and i think kind of going along to your guys's point too when you know when we first see leia she's basically saying this isn't gonna stand <laughs> you know you, you can't do this to me so she's basically relying on palpatine you know, in a way, to be like, because who's she's gonna, you know, bring a grievance to? She's gonna bring a grievance. Like, look at what to Vader the Imperial Center, K2. right? Exactly. Which, in essence, is Palpatine. So, like, in a way, like <laughs> you're saying, you know, they're they're, you know, she's she's basically still relying on the fact that you know things like this can't happen. Do they happen? Obviously, you know, even like Luke says, like, you know, do I like the Empire? No, I hate them, but there's nothing we can do about it. You know, kind of, in a way, you're still... The Jyn Erso uh, effect. You're working with what you have.
2: Yeah, that, it's not a problem if you don't look up.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I love that line. And that that is another movie that... It it so much adds to this movie. And oh, yeah. It's such... Um, Sorry, I keep... Keep losing Josiah there. Yeah, um, when
2: I when I was watching the, uh, the space battle, <laughs> I'm a sucker for space battles. and I was like, oh, I just want to watch Rogue One again with all yeah. that, well, the all uh, the the old audio that they took from unused clips from A New Hope.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah,
1: the the uh, I I feel like some of the the two best space battles are the Death Star. And the Death Star 2 in Return of the Jedi and I get why the prequels kind of stayed away from that more or less because that's just not how the story was. The story didn't involve that kind of stuff, but I just, I am a little disappointed that the sequel trilogy was as lackluster, uh, uh, at that, Yeah. especially, especially because it seemed like we were gonna get that big battle in Rise of Skywalker.
2: Yeah, but it was like everybody showed up oh and then it was over. Because they, yeah. they were so
1: good they won. But then but then but what's also disappointing what was a little slightly disappointing for me on that was wasn't the fact of the battle itself, but everyone shows up and then we're still just focused on Poe. We see the Millennium Falcon in a couple shots. But it's like, where are these other ships? I want to see some of these other ships in action, you know? They could have just added... Mm-hmm. they could have added ten minutes of a battle up there, and it just would have been sick. But yeah. Anyway, I'm getting away from the point <laughs> on the New Hope here. <laughs> but but the new the a New Hope battle. Well, one. The music, especially when oh. it's just the four Tie Fighters
3: mm-hmm.
1: uh, attacking the Millennium Falcon, dun dun dun, dun, dun. Dun, 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 dun. It's just, it's so good. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: The, um, I just, I just to have the movie pulled up on the screen. I just checked it. The space battle in this movie is 12 minutes long. Yeah. From when they, mm-hmm. you know, lock, attack position to when the Death Star blows up. That's a mm-hmm. good, that's a good long portion of the movie.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. The only, the only thing is, is unlike, uh, with this, with A New Hope, it's one of the few movies that really only has one thing going on at one time. And mo- actually, Empire Strikes Back has a lot of has a lot of one thing or, or two, Luke, and then the group. Mm-hmm. And it's all not until Return of the Jedi where you get the the three separate things going on with with the the battle on Endor. And then space the battle. space battle with Lando and then Luke, the, and the emperor invader. <clears throat> mm-hmm.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: And so it's, it is interesting to do because I think of like the phantom menace and they have all those separate things going on all at one time. And, but, but here, the only thing that's going on during the battle of the death star is. The few times they go back to the rebel base, and the few times uh, Tarkin talks.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
2: <clears throat> yeah, but that's yeah. all still focused around this one, this one thing going on—the space battle.
1: Yeah. So uh, Presto says that it's a classic, and yes, it's a—it's pretty simply writ- written when you think about it. Uh, he says, "Just good guys fighting bad guys with." magic, space magic and, and, uh, space fights thrown in, which I I agree. It's also the, uh, coming of age adventure story Mm
3: -hmm.
1: uh, of, of learning to go out into the galaxy as well. And so, yeah, it's pretty simple. And you know, George's famous words that star Wars is for 12 year olds. And so, Yeah, and this is probably the most classic version of that. Yeah, in, in 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 its simplest form, and so, but yeah, the the space battles, the 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 tech, the way they did these movies was incredible. And in fact, uh, I don't know. I know Q, you watched the ILM trailer. Did you, were okay. you able to watch it, Josiah?
0: Yeah. Yeah, I'm th- super hyped for that.
1: I think that, I think actually think that that could be something we could cover on here. Oh, yeah. Even, ju- even oh just, yeah. even if it's not all Star Wars, we could throw in some Jurassic Park and stuff and all the ILM Pixar stuff. I think that would be a fun topic for us to, to discuss on here.
2: Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, um, they, they did such an amazing job with this film. I mean, uh, special effects studios weren't a thing at that time, but like, yeah. it was all in-house by a very small group, if not just one person for all the big uh, film studios. And then yeah. George was like, well, I need all of this. And he cre- basically creates ILM or hires these guys to create ILM and... Mm-hmm just groundbreaking work they did for this film. Yeah. I think the other thing to
0: think about with this film, am I still there? Yeah. Yeah. yeah (laughs) Is the fact that, so this was the first Star Wars movie, right? So Mm -hmm. every single character, every single person, every alien, every animal, every ship, everything was brand new, seen for the first time. And I think that's something that, you know, like Quentin had said, the going back, like there's a lot of it that's kind of like, ah, man, that's a, you know, the CGI is a little weird, or the fights are slow, or whatever it might be. Like that's something that you can't ever take from it. Is that was the induction of the world into Star Wars, and meeting all those characters for the first time. I think going back to how it's better. It's so much better now that we're we saw the prequels. Now that we see the Obi Wan show. And some of these other shows that are just, that's making it so much better because we're, we already love those characters, but now we're getting to see them in a more modern times setting, a more modern, you know, like with modern effects and, and things like that. You, it really, even like going back to it, I wasn't focused at all on like any of the, the effects or cgi that was a little weird like i didn't even pay attention to that at all i was just remembering how much i loved all these characters and seeing them for the first time how much i was like it's perfect han and leia like their interaction is perfect han and luke it's amazing Mm -hmm. you know chewbacca is you know falling in love with him for the first time you know peter is amazing you know he's one of the greats you know and so that was awesome to see that and i think the other thing is the droids like i don't think that At that time, you know, I wasn't even born yet, but at that time, I don't, Mm -hmm. you know, I can't think of any other movies around that time that had droids, like, as, you know, focal points of movies that actually, you know, made a difference and you actually ended up caring
1: about them. Mm -hmm. I still think, even when I watch it today, and obviously, I didn't get to watch it in theaters, or at least not. Not when it came out, yeah. I did. I did get to see I think, A New Hope, and Empire when I was a little kid when they did the re-release in like ninety seven.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: So I did get to see those in theater, but and I was only six or seven, so mm-hmm. I was real young. <laughs> but when you watch it, you can feel the sense of wonder that it really provided the opening scene with the star destroyer and just Mm -hmm. the the sound. And, Mm -hmm. and let me tell you, if, if you ever get a chance to watch it now with the, the Adobe Atmos uh, remaster, it is so good. It is so good. But I think that scene, the, the death star and the blockade runner, and just the opening scene is just so good. And then the other scene that I think they've tried to recreate it. Uh, JJ tried to do it in force awakens, the cantina scene, when you go into that cantina and there's all those different aliens and that, and that's just, they're just hanging out, drinking, playing music. And you're just all these different crazy that that's where you feel like. Okay, you're in an you're in a different universe. You're, yeah. You're really somewhere else, mm-hmm. and there are all these different species of of characters. It just it, you it, you can still feel the the wonder of the show. Mm-hmm. And that's that's just just the. The set designs and the the stuff that they had to the costumes that they had to make, and they made so well, Mm -hmm. and yet so cheaply. Uh, (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mark Hamill has a quote. Do you guys remember about how how cheap it was? I'll Mm. have to look it up. Someone else can. So, uh, well, one hit the lightsaber was basically just taken off of a handle of an old camera. It was basically the a handle of an old, real old camera, and they like added, they glued a couple pieces to it, and that was it. Mm-hmm. And I remember, uh, oh, it was a someone who was uh, doing set design for The Force Awakens, and he he got to talk to Harrison Ford. And he was asking like, what are some things that they should do to get the, or, you know, what, what are there some things that they should do to make the sets better and more effective. And one of the things he said is on the Millennium Falcon, he said, switches, put switches in, he said, back (laughs) in the day in a new hope they didn't have enough money to make actual switches of the components on the Millennium Falcon there was no actual <laughs> switches in it because they left those parts out just to cut every every ounce they could while making the movie and mm-hmm. and i think it was this the set designers were like oh we can do that we've got the budget <laughs> when they're making the force <laughs> awakens <laughs> yeah. yeah, so that that was pretty cool.
0: Yeah, that's awesome.
1: But yeah, this movie is just the it's where it started. It's where mm-hmm. everyone realized their love for Star Wars, the magic that is a lightsaber
3: mm-hmm
1: and and you know so one thing i was i was watching and some of the the blasters they look more opaque yeah but i'm also like after watching it i'm kind of like i kind of wish they still were more like that they look like, maybe not more real but more i don't know I don't know what, what, how to describe it, but it just, I like the, the look and one thing I've always noticed too, is in those older talking, days,
2: were you talking you can, the, the blasters
1: themselves or like the blaster bolts they fired the bolts mm-hmm. <clears throat> because they're a little more see-through and they don't, they don't quite glow as much, but one thing. I've, all, I've always noticed, too, though, when making these movies, the effects of the lightsaber, it's clearly obvious that red is a much easier color for them to add. Yeah. Because when you look at Vader's lightsaber and you look at Obi-Wan's, you can clearly see that red was easier to add in mm-hmm. than than the the blue was
0: yeah for sure yeah i think just since we're talking about blasters i i that is another thing i kind of noticed on this and it gave me some flashbacks to like padme but like and like the blasters that they have on naboo but like leia's Mm -hmm. blaster is like sleek and sexy and then you know like the other like the other blasters are like kind of like you know chunky like obviously they're military g- grade or whatever but like the blaster that she has or like oh man that's a nice blaster there
2: <laughs> yeah
1: it's just everything from naboo is like that yeah <laughs> i feel like Alderaan's not really any different either yeah it's it's very nice mm-hmm. and clean yeah. and the empire has to go and destroy it
2: Oh, that was so hard to watch like you know it's coming but man seeing Mm -hmm. all more in one show was just Mm -hmm. amazing
0: yeah and I feel like it it comes so quick in this movie I don't remember it just being so fast you know like I don't know that was that was kind of crazy to me too I was like man it's already that time (laughs) when I was watching Mm -hmm. it recently
2: I mean it's an hour into the movie Yeah. Time just flies when you're watching Star Wars. That's true.
1: Yeah. Uh. I I like the uh, the medal ceremony. (laughs) The music is so good. Yeah. And I think it's. It's pretty, it's interesting that they would even have that kind of ceremony. And I think that's, again, just because it was the way it it was, and it wasn't necessarily thought of as a bigger universe that it turned into. Yeah. Because my first thought when I was watching it is like, why are they doing them? They, I mean, they won a victory, but the empire is still out there. Like, yeah, the Imperial Senate, the, the Imperial Senate doesn't exist anymore. This is. This is just like a, a battle. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> not, not only that, but I'm also like, wait, hey, is this still on Yavin? Did they take the time to uh, do a medal ceremony of all these people when the Empire knows where their base is? Right. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it doesn't look like Hoff, so. I yeah, I was,
0: I was assuming that's where it was. And the other thing that um, when I was watching that, yeah, and maybe you guys felt the same way, was I feel like it was showing how big the rebellion is. And yeah. then now going back and watching, like, Obi-Wan, the the show, I feel like that was an, a cooler scene. That was, like, more, I don't know, like, when I saw that, it just, like, gave me goosebumps because you saw basically where the beginning was with, you know, the path, right? Mm-hmm. And, like, mm-hmm. just a few people all in hiding, And then now, you know, you know, what is this nine years later? Right. Yeah. Yeah. So we got nine years later and now they have organization there's, you know, you could see in the uniforms that there's different statuses. There's, you know, Mm -hmm. there's, you know, people have set roles and, you know, they almost have their, you know, full on military now. Right. So like, I was like, man, that was, it was kind of cool to see, you know, you know, just coming off the Obi-Wan series to this. It's like wow, that was that's pretty awesome, and <clears throat> obviously we know that Leia is a big
1: part in leading that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I just <laughs> I love I love Leia in this because you can totally, and that's why she was so good in Obi Wan was all the uh, the sass and the yeah, uh, just just the fact that Leia is willing to. talk, the way she talks to Tarkin. Yeah. Or like, Vader. He, he's gonna Even Vader, him. yeah. Yeah. But, but, <laughs> I thought I, your foul stench when I was brought on board. <laughs> yeah, like, that's the She mess. just calls him stinky. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't one of the most even... dangerous men in the galaxy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And she just, nope, not even gonna put up with you.
0: Mm-hmm. Incredible. Yeah, I, yeah, for sure. And there is like two things also that I noticed. I was watching it the um, yesterday with uh, with my wife, and we were both like, man, seeing like Carrie Fisher this young. It's like, man, the actor, the actress that they chose as you know the little girl. Like, mm-hmm. man, that's so good. Like, cause I, I think when I thought about it, I was like, yeah, you know, I could kind of see that. But I think now seeing her. You know, this young, and then you kind of compare the two. It's like, man, they did really good in choosing her. You know, like mm-hmm, almost sure. like the facial expressions and you know little things. I'm <clears> like,
1: man, yeah,
0: that was great.
1: Yeah, I definitely, I definitely agree that, and I think the the writing on her was done excellently.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, for sure.
0: Yeah, and um, then I think another another thing is they have one of the the officers at some point um, he, when they were saying about her giving it up and he said something along the lines of, you know, I told you she'd never do that or whatever, you know, she'd never know. Uh, Va- Vader, or...
1: Vader says, I told you you should never consciously portray the rebellion. Yeah. After
2: they destroyed Alderaan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and, and I, she gave I was up like, Antoine. yeah.
0: And so I thought, well, obviously, you know, there's a, there's a backstory there because, vader already can see through her and is like no like mm-hmm. you know you know you're Vader, and you know you are part of the oh, rebellion me, and stuff you know
1: so yeah that's I, another I thing just, that rogue one made interesting because yeah. obviously he knows he's like i just watched you fly away don't even don't even yeah. i know you're part <laughs> yeah. <brother> of the rebellion
2: <laughs> yeah exactly do you Guys, think i, I just this just came to mind do you think we'll get to see their rebel base on dantooine in Andor, how cool would that because they said the remnants of the whole yeah. base. I feel, it? Like, yeah, I feel like that. I, like so cool. I want to see it that. would
0: be because they've actually, <clears throat> you, like, that's not even the only time. I think there's a few other times that they've mentioned it, you know, in like other Star Wars pieces, you know, whether it's like just you know, comics and things like that. So, I think that that would be super cool for definitely like any hardcore fan. You know, to be yeah. able to see that because it'd just be, it'd be such like a, you know, a cool, you know, a tie in to once again, making that line like mean something, you know. Well, I
2: love it because um, in the Knights of the Republic games, Dantooine there's a, there's a Jedi enclave there. And that's a, a large part of your, your story is on Dantooine. Mm-hmm. And that would be so cool to see it live action, see what they get to show us.
1: hmm I'd be curious just because the the line makes it seem like the base was deserted. Mhm. But if it was deserted because of the empire, wouldn't they wouldn't they know that? Wouldn't yeah. the empire like, yeah, we already had a we we <clears throat> we knew there was a base there. We destroyed it or
2: yeah, for sure. So, it, it seems so more why did like they it leave was something that was yeah, they must have abandoned it for some reason. But before the Empire discovered it, maybe the Empire was on their trail or something.
1: What I can think of is kind of something along the lines of what happened in Rebels with the Mm -hmm. spider-like creatures. Mm -hmm. And they just... There was... Oh, man. You can imagine? Oh, that would be so cool. What if there's like a a horror movie in Star Wars where they're on the Dantooine base and, yeah, it's abandoned and, and just... Oh, that would be so cool! We well, got Quiets that the Mandalorian planet. with
2: the uh, with the spiders. Remember? Yeah, but <laughs> but like the horror
1: episode. I mean, it's it's sweet. I just Grogu eating ai I don't I don't really like I like science fiction horror, like scary aliens and stuff, and but not. So I just I didn't I think that would be kind of cool of uh, something like that because there's got to be a reason. I mean, they made an entire movie off of one line in the crawl of A New Hope. That's what Rogue One is. Yeah. <laughs> and mm-hmm. so, what they could easily make a whole movie or a whole show off of one line in an episode, an abandoned base at Dantooine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that would be pretty cool. <laughs> yeah,
2: and I, like, I would like to see that. That'd be nice. That that see, would be fun. See what the what the base on Dantooine was all about. Mm-hmm. It could have. It could even be something as simple as they were growing and needed something larger, and more hidden. That's why they moved to Yavin Four. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: They needed like a a long courtyard for everybody to stand when they give out medals.
2: Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. Basically, and <laughs> uh, take that time. I mean. <laughs> That, uh, oh, see, that, what that makes me think of is, like, were they giving out medals after The Force Awakens? And, see, because they just showed up. They're like, we know where your base is now. We're going to show up and destroy it. <laughs> mm-hmm. And you get the start of The Last Jedi, which that makes that makes more sense than giving out medals. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it's also, again, the hero's journey. Yeah, the, it was the,
2: I mean it's it's in the movie because it's the triumph of good over evil, the celebration at the end. Mm-hmm. You know, this this is where it all started. It had to have a celebration. They they beat the bad guys at this time.
1: And um, at that it's time, a, it's that, a
2: good conclusion to the movie.
1: And and when when the movie was written at that time there wasn't plans for a sequel, at least not
2: <clears throat> fully. well, I mean, he was gonna he he had he had plans.
1: He had ideas and he had he had plans, but it wasn't it wasn't written. You yeah. know, you oh, he, know had, how he had some movies.
2: Mo- he had all three. He had plans for all three movies, and that's why when he made the deal with Fox to do the movie, he made sure that he got all the rights. He got rights to, 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 the, to the two most important things that made him successful: rights to the sequels and all, all rights to, all rights to the movies and. The merchandise because at the time merchandising was nothing for movies. It was studios didn't even really care about it. <laughs> could you imagine? Yeah, Keeping I mean look, at, look at all the stuff all the
1: merchandise that we've yeah that mm-hmm. we've all spent uh toys mm-hmm. toys for ungodly star ungodly amount made, of money yeah toys, yeah toys <laughs> for for star wars have made more than the movies ever could have
2: mm-hmm. but I mean he was he was famous for saying that by hooker by crook, he was gonna finish the story. He was gonna do all three movies no matter what it took him. Mm-hmm. So I mean there well, was definitely plans yeah. for more movies.
0: Yeah, and and I, I think yeah, just the fact that it, you know he he wanted to eventually do the prequels, you know. So I, I think all that he definitely had a plan for it. But I don't know if this is what you're saying, Tyler, but like he famously wouldn't mm-hmm. write the scripts until like right before. <laughs> He had it in his head of what he wanted to do, but yeah, Mm -hmm. he didn't have it written.
1: Yeah. And, oh no, the merchandising. See, George understood the secret too, about the merchandising. I think you can't, it can't be obvious. And I think that's some of the things that Disney hasn't figured out like porgs obvious. Oh, you mean in the movies,
2: Uh, they plant things that will become merchandise.
1: Yes. Mm -hmm. And I think when I think of that, the biggest is, uh, in the original trilogy, the Ewoks. Yeah. is the that, that is the probably the most product placement that there can be but but they serve a great purpose to the story you never feel like they're out of place you yeah, don't yeah. feel like they're just stuffed in there so that you can buy a teddy bear <laughs> yeah <laughs> so and that's I kind of think uh so so that's that's why George was such a master at it that he's, he's the action figures. You know um Oh, what's the Star Wars parody? Spaceballs. Spaceballs. So, when they were making that movie, they actually had to ask George if it was okay if they did it. And he gave them permission to do it on the one basis that there wouldn't be merchandise created for the movie. No action figures, no toys, none of that stuff because he said the lawyers will say that it's too much like Star Wars and that you stole it. Mhm. And so he said you can make the movie but you can't make the toys. Mhm. And so that's just the genius of of George right there. <laughs>
2: Yeah. Um, well, we all know that, uh, music plays a huge role in Star Wars. And at this time in 1977, when the movie came out was a huge disco era for the, for that's what it was in the seventies. Disco was huge. And everybody said that George was taking a big risk not having you know, popular pisco music in his movie. Could you imagine mm-hmm. what this movie would be like
1: with that kind of music? There wouldn't be anything. It, it would a, be a forgotten movie. I, I don't I think, think... I don't...
2: I, <laughs> I think the music plays a big enough role that there's a good chance it could have been... It doesn't... Because this the music that's in it makes this timeless. It will always mm-hmm. be good music. No mm-hmm. matter what. No matter what the fad is at the time, what music is popular. This will always be storytelling music.
1: Mm-hmm. Yes. And I, and I, I agree with that because, and I, I, sometimes I watch some other songs or other, other movies and I go, well, this, who, who listened to this song? And, <laughs> okay. and I think if you're going to use normal artist music without writing a score, Unique to the movie. You have to. Basically use music. That's already a classic.
3: Mm-hmm. Otherwise.
1: You end up with songs. That are popular for. In 2020 but. No one's heard of them in 2025. <laughs> like. Mm-hmm. And. That's just the thing. If you <laughs> use disc. I think if you would have used disco music. In this one. It would have been uber cheesy. I mean, just no one would have taken it seriously. And yeah, you just, I just think it would have the the movie, the whole franchise would have not been one of the biggest franchises of all time. And Mm -hmm. yeah, the, the music just, it just holds it together. And you're hearing, you hear some of the same music from this episode, created in 1977, in the Obi Wan show that just came out half, barely a month ago, and not even, and yeah. cause it just shows the timeless, that is that music. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, you uh, gotta eat up their uh, Togo Bap. <laughs> They'd have yeah. <laughs> Uh, send it says they'd have to cast John Tavolta <laughs> for the disco music. I think, are you are, are, are you thinking about Grace there? Send it. <laughs> oh you man, he could I...
0: be. He said Hans Solo. He could be. He could be like Hans. <laughs> 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 but yeah, I think yeah, I think that would be. That could have very well happened. And I think the other thing is like, it, it, as you progress in the story, even if you think of like Cloud City, they could have totally made like that a disco, you know? <laughs> <laughs> like Lando like has everybody dancing or he has like girls like dance, like, you know, disco girls dancing like
1: in some area or something.
0: I could totally I mean, I'm sure there that. is.
1: I mean, there's, there's the, the girls dancing is in Jabba's palace.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and they have, like, the light-up floor, you know? Like, the squares light up different.
1: <laughs> oh, my oh, goodness. Man. That reminds me of that really cheesy Star Wars Dance Dance game that they did. Oh, oh. it was one of the worst games ever. At least one of oh, the I worst Star Wars projects. Uh, it's Yeah, it's like... It was for, like, the Xbox Kinect. Mm. And it was... Yeah, it was terrible. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of funny to watch, <laughs> but yeah, it's it's terrible. hmm Uh a yeah. lot of people were considered uh for the role of Han Solo though. Uh Kurt Russell famously auditioned for it. Mm -hmm. And and Han Solo wasn't, or Han Solo, Harrison Ford wasn't even supposed to be auditioning for it. He was brought in to read lines to the other actors.
2: Yeah. Who were trying out for Luke and Leo.
1: Yeah. And and they just ended up casting him. I think if you watch... uh, Uh... What's the, what's Empire the of uh, doc, Empire of Dreams? That's what I'm looking for. If you watch that, I think the easiest one he say they say that to cast was Peter Mayhew, because yeah. all he did was walk through the door and he said that's him. Mm-hmm. Yep, <laughs> looks good. <laughs> yeah. Yep. I, you I you like meet the height requirement.
0: Yeah, I thought it was also good. Uh, I think it's like in the the making of. Like bonus disc or something for this, but when they're talking about um, figuring out the right look for Chewbacca, I love that. Like right before the final one, the the second to the last rendering ended up being Zeb from Rebels. I love that. That's mm-hmm.
1: that's pretty yeah. sweet. Yeah, I that's, I um, do remember those uh, Ralph McCory drawings. Yeah, and that's. That's
2: the great thing that Dave has done is taking some of those inspirations and made them into real things too.
1: Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, the, the the droid was the assassin droid in Rebels. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And and yeah, the Ralph McQuarrie. Some of those old drawings are amazing.
2: Yeah, mm-hmm. how he envisioned the, George's world was incredible. I mean, you never you, nobody had ever seen what Star Wars was and here's Ralph making Star Wars.
3: Mhm.
1: Basic, yeah, by just what George told him to draw. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or or just describing it to him and him he, he putting it on paper. It's It's mm-hmm. quite incredible.
0: Mhm. Yeah, I think the chemistry between all the actors too was so good. You know, is is the first movie out of so many, you know, mm-hmm. different Star Wars projects. It was just, you know, like watching it again, it just like hit me big time again, how great all of them were together. I mean, the, um, you know, just the interactions that they had and like all the lines just, they hit right. There is, there, you know, even it just mm-hmm. the it popped into my head right now, but just watching the Thor movie which I personally really enjoyed, but I will the agree. The new one? Yeah, the new one. No
1: spoilers. <laughs> yeah, no spoilers.
0: But I will agree that, you know, there is specific lines that are set in there that just don't hit right, you know? And they have all the money in the world, you know? They have, you know, great actors going in. People already are expecting greatness. And this is the first movie. This is mm-hmm. the first Star Wars ever. And everything just hits right, you know, like the the way they say it, you know, you know, the looks and facial expressions and just like um, there's so many lines in this movie that are quotable because they're just they're excellent. You know, it's just it, man, it was it was so good. So good. So and they, they they played together. Great.
1: As you said that, I noticed one thing. And as a prequel guy, I've never noticed this before. But when they're flying away from mos eisley and they're under attack by the star destroyers Han says this is where the fun begins Yeah, <laughs> and i never i was like i think of that as a as an anakin line uh-huh. <laughs> and and i just i thought it was funny and i also i have a bad feeling about this you know the line that's in everyone yeah Luke says it in this one, but he says, but he says, I have a very bad feeling about this. Mm -hmm. And I was like, how did it get changed? Yeah. (laughs) Mm hmm. Yeah. And so those are the few lines that I was like, oh man. And you know, the same, same with the hello there. I mean, those are all, those are all what you think of iconic and you think of them from the prequels. Yeah. They're all they're all in this movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All the memes. And so they basically. were just they were yeah. just Easter egging the I mean, George and, and George Lucas and Steven Spielberg are basically one of the originators of the Easter egg. Yeah. And 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 hiding that stuff. And mm-hmm people don't even know that didn't even realize that because now it's a huge thing. I was like, did you catch all the Easter eggs? Yeah. And But back man, then it wasn't you, really a thing.
0: Yeah. I, I've, I've seen some different YouTube videos about it where they like go back and kind of what we've been talking about where, you know, George would take a little something, you know, that he either didn't use or used for something else and took it forward. And it's like, man, like you'd watch one of those things. They're like so many hours long because mm-hmm. it's like almost like frame by frame. Oh, this door. They use this door in this movie or whatever like, you know, 20 years later, like, oh, you see this tiny mm-hmm. little thing. They use that for this. And it's like almost everything they, you know, they were so good at taking those pieces and and I think that's why kind of going back and seeing this why it's so great because they've done so good over the years of piecing it together, making it make sense, you know, that you know, it, it makes sense. Whereas, like, when you go back and you start watching the making of, of this movie, there's so many things that were so close to not happening. Like, even the fact of Vader, you know, needing uh, a helmet, needing a mask, you know, mm-hmm. whatever. That was just something mm-hmm. last minute. They're like, oh, he needs something that he can breathe in atmosphere or whatever. You know, like, that was something yeah. that almost didn't happen. And now it's so huge part of the story, you know, moving forward. Where it's like, you know, this was the beginning of now everything else had to tie in to what George had created, like, so many years ago.
1: I mean, Darth Vader only has, what, 12 minutes of screen time in this movie? And he was basically instantly the greatest bad guy in all of cinema history. He's probably the most recognizable character Uh, Other other than maybe a
2: stormtrooper. He only has (laughs) eight minutes of screen time in A
1: New Hope. So even less. And Mm -hmm. he's just, but he's just so iconic that, yeah, he's probably one of the most known characters. Mm -hmm. People, people who never watched Star Wars ever before know that Darth Vader is Luke's father. Mm-hmm. It, it's, it's yeah. just that big of a note moment like if you don't know that you've been we living can't be under friends. a rock
3: <laughs>
1: like, whether you were born and out in the woods and you've never had internet your entire life
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah I think another funny thing you, I don't know why this just jumped into my head but talking uh, once again when they come and they see you know the the jaw was you know massacred basically and then uh obi-wan says like oh you know these shots are too precise for the sand people or whatever Mm -hmm. and you know these are like stormtroopers or whatever and i think it's funny moving forward that notoriously stormtroopers are horrible shots and then from like you know uh all the way back to phantom menace the they shot like a sniper shot, right, and took out an engine or whatever. Like, I mean, that was a good shot. And then, um, right, that was the Samfield, wasn't it? Yeah. I'm oh, they yeah, they yeah they hit
1: the uh, the pod the, racer. Oh uh, yeah. What, what was this? The one the the wheel one? And he goes foo and he goes yeah yeah. I don't care what universe you're from, that's gotta hurt. Yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> so I mean, so yeah, he we got that, and then we have uh, the you know even well i mean just in general it's like i feel like they now have the sam people as like good shots you know good hunters you know and like kind of like a force to be reckoned with and then they make fun of clone uh, stormtroopers of their horrible shot but it's funny obi-wan's like oh man these are too precise for them you know it has to be <laughs> stormtroopers yeah. it's almost like a joke you know because like you know it should be like oh these are too precise for stormtroopers i've seen <laughs> that. horrible shots
1: but I've also seen, you know, they were probably told to not shoot them on the death star. I mean, obviously oh, their yeah. idea was to get them to fly to their base. hmm. And, and I think about that. Not only does Vader think about that now, now you think, oh, maybe he learned that trick in, in the Obi-Wan show. But I also think <laughs> what
2: the that... thought that he learned that trick from Reva.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. See, but I also think <clears throat> what's interesting to think of it the other side. Leia also learned that they use that trick. That's why she knows. Yeah, she she knows that because she told us. You call that he goes like you call that easy and she goes they let us leave. Mhm. They they they're tracking the ship. They they yeah. let us go. Mhm. Yeah. And that's so true. so you think about it that's how she figured out that they like to use that trick and that's why she knows that they're being tracked.
0: Mhm. Yeah, I that was my same thoughts too when I was watching it and kind of thinking back about it. I was like, oh man, that's like a direct connection that even watching the Obi-Wan show, I didn't put together until now re-watching this, that I was like, oh man, that's, you know, totally a direct connection between the two.
1: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Which is also done in the episode four of the Kenobi show that Mm -hmm. that correlates to A New Hope. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. And Yeah, this, this, oh, there's so many good things and it's kind of hard without us narrowing down on a specific topic to like, where, where do we want to, want to talk about? We want to talk about, uh, how everyone dislikes the, the special editions, George's revised or, uh, how you want to call it. I love the fact that he changed it so often and that remember when they were doing the when the 3d was a thing Mm -hmm. and so they Mm -hmm. re-released uh the phantom menace in 3d well the plan was to release all six of them in 3d and that they were going to do them in stages but then it got interrupted by the sale of it to disney well when they did that they also remastered all six of them for the blue. Uh, no, I think it was the, the 4k Blu-ray they had re- they had remastered everything for the 4k Blu-ray release, but they were just Disney just thought that they were, they were all done by Lucasfilm. Mm-hmm. It wasn't until they released them on Disney plus that people realized this cut once again was edited by George and that's where you get the McClunky. He added that to the 4k that Disney released and they didn't know about it. (laughs) Mm -hmm. He he had edited and changed it. And so Disney hadn't even released or hadn't even released it. They didn't know that they were releasing another edited version. And so that, mm-hmm. that's just fun. And,
2: well, my, yeah. my, my biggest thing with the whole special editions and how much he's changed A New Hope, I honestly couldn't tell you what it, the original like theatrical version was like. It's been so <laughs> yeah. long since I've, I've seen a, a VHS copy. Probably the only way you could see that is if you had an original VHS copy or whatever. I mean, don't know they have VHS tapes in this in this late seventies. Was that like the new thing back then? Probably.
0: I feel like he even did changes from like theatrical to the VHS. So
2: <laughs> like, yeah.
0: Yeah. Pretty much the only way to really
2: see it is if you would have saw it in theaters. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And I I mean, I don't think any of the changes really take away from any part of I the mean, story.
1: If you think about it he made a change in like in 79. I want to say he re-edited it when, when they released Empire Strikes Back, he already made a change. It's now called episode four, a new Hope, mm-hmm.
2: instead yeah. of just
1: star Wars. So he made that change when, when he labeled or they started making empire strikes back, he changed the name because when it was released, it wasn't called a new hope it was called yeah. star Wars. Mm-hmm. Yep. And so one of those, and that, what was really stunning to fans at that time was the episode four title. Mm-hmm. People are like, wait, that's the first one we saw. And you're calling that episode four. Yeah. And that, to me, that's just an interesting way of telling a story really. Mm-hmm. And I think it's, it's kind of great. <laughs> I was watching the Clone Wars, uh, with Connie the other day, and she's like, why, why are the, the episode order? Why is it so jumbled? Mm-hmm. And it just reminded me of a panel that Dave Filoni did. And his only answer was, eh, George likes his prequels. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) that's like the only answer he could give of why it was like that but it's still it's still fun and interesting but this kind of goes to the question of i don't know it's been coming up a lot recently do the filmmakers the directors do they have the ability and the right to change their work because i know it's been talked about uh with Stranger Things recently. And they've they've even basically admitted that they have changed some stuff in the earlier seasons that no one's noticed. They they've gone mm-hmm. back and, and fixed some things and supposedly they plan on doing that again because they did a little some some mess ups in season four. Mm. And so and they're basically said that they're going to be doing that. And I mean, George Lucas has been doing that forever. And that's the part of I think people really think that Disney because Disney owns it and now they own Fox as well. They can release the original versions. But I don't know if they ever can legally. I almost guarantee you that George has it in the contract there that those are his movies He he fixed them in his mind he edited them Mm -hmm. to the way he thought they should be made and that's the way that they should be and that they the theatrical version wasn't his vision of course obviously it was wasn't his vision just because he couldn't do as much as he wanted to you think about all the the effects that they did and he still couldn't do what he wanted to yeah and then Mm -hmm so so i'm pretty sure there's probably some kind of contract in there that says they're not allowed to release them
0: yeah and i think the thing with i think the thing with george and i think he's sent it multiple times but he was an editor you know before he was a filmmaker you know he like that's how he kind of got into it right so that's his, his first thing is you know he really pays attention to the edits So I think that's a passion of his. And so I think that also kind of plays into him always wanting to change things. I know since you brought it up, like the McClunky, I think it was like three, at least three different changes. And I think that one of them was because the character that he wanted to portray of Han Solo eventually wasn't, you know, the, you know, shoot first, type of cold blooded mercenary, you know? He...
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I agree with that, that he wasn't, he didn't want to betray him as yeah, the smuggler, the, the hard nosed killer. And so then that does go through the argument. Well, pawn shot first and yeah, but who are we to say that's George's movies. Those are his, that's his art. At this point, yeah. Sorry, I kind of took over because you disappeared for a little bit, but <laughs> I think I think I I, I can hear you, but you there's no video. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, Hey, uh, and just star Wars in the chat. There says that it thinks that there's a contract that Disney can't touch the first six movies. And I, I kind of am, uh, I believe that is true as well. Apparently they can't hear you on the stream. Just, uh, if you're still there. Gotcha. Yeah, I don't you're not showing up on the OBS restart either. Start
2: your video ninja, would that help maybe? We tried that.
1: Um Yeah, we're 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 trying to work on getting Josiah back. Yeah. Uh, we've I feel been like, having some technical difficulties today. Apologies.
2: I feel like uh the whole idea behind being able to change the movies later on it's definitely a touchy sho- subject but I feel like um any Star Wars fan should respect that this is this is George's universe you know we have George to thank for all of this that we get to enjoy so without him we wouldn't have any it to begin with and it's his vision that is continuing to grow so I feel like if, if he thinks that something needs to be changed, that we should we should be listening to what what he says.
1: Yeah, and it goes along the uh uh it go it goes with it was his vision and even Dave Filoni has I think it was Dave or maybe it was uh Sean Favreau has said that he George created the playground and they are the creators nowadays are just playing in what uh George created mm-hmm. ah there you are I'm back yeah okay hello I there. see you <laughs> well, I what always says nice. <laughs> 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 you get a little glow yeah <laughs> I could oh, change, I could change my lights to, to, uh, blue. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no. Yeah. I, I think I'm, I'm with Quentin there. You know, I, I, I don't see any problem with, you know, a, a filmmaker after seeing the completed work saying, that's not the way I wanted it to be portrayed. Or this is, this wasn't my original vision or something like that and changing it. Um, I mean i know star wars is is it is probably even more of a touchy one because you know maybe some of those specific parts i mean it's a big passion for so many people but i think you know also sometimes the the parts that are changed you know it's kind of in a way changing maybe like your childhood or you know some of like the memories that you had first loving and falling in love with star wars but yeah the way i look at it is if george looks back and says oh that's not the way i wanted that," or Hey, I think it'd be like my original vision was, you know, to have these animals walking around and I just didn't have the funds or the ability to do it. So I'm going to add that or Mm a, you know, like I want to have Han Solo step on Jabba's tail, you know, like do it, you know, like I'm totally fine with it. You know, if, if there, if he, if he sees his finished work and feels like he can better it in some way, or he wants to change it a little bit so that a character is viewed in a different light, I'm totally fine with it.
2: And I think okay. it's it's a little bit different on a project where, you know, this person writes it, this person directs it, this person, you know, yeah. it whatever, but when it's George wrote it, George directed it, George, it's all, you know, it's it's his it's his creation, you know, George's head mm-hmm. is the one that matters, right? Right. Like Yeah. <laughs> it's it's his it's his baby, it's his project. I don't feel like if if he if his vision says, Oh, it needs to look like this and not like that, I would it'll only look like that because it was nineteen seventy seven and my team mm-hmm. had to build a computer the size of a room to make it look like it did. <laughs>
1: yeah. And, and mm-hmm. I would go along with that, the same reason George asked uh Steven Spielberg and Ron Howard to direct the prequels. And mm-hmm. they both said no. And they said no. This is your baby. You know you want to do it. You just you you just eat because I think um, oh what's his name, who directed Return of the Jedi?
2: Oh, uh, that's, that's R- it's Richard like something.
1: Movies. Yeah. Right. Uh, Richard Branson. But, uh no, not him. Um, <laughs> 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 uh, but I think he had said that with working with george even though richard yeah yeah even with uh him being the director george was always there and he said it was kind of hard to direct because it's really george that's the boss (laughs) yeah yeah and so and that is another thing that that's why Spielberg and Ron Howard and told him no, and said, oh, mm-hmm. this is your baby. You need to do it. And in fact, I've also seen people ask Spielberg if he would do a star Wars movie now, now that it's part of Disney. And he said, Nope, that's, that's George's baby. I wouldn't, I wouldn't play in that big playground.
3: Mm-hmm. That isn't
1: now that isn't stopping him from doing a another Indiana Jones movie, but him and George worked on that together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That was both of theirs, their, their projects.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Which that one will be fun. I can't wait for that.
2: Um, yeah. A, bit, a big reason why George had, uh, he used other directors after I knew hope is because he was under so much stress filming. I New hope that he nearly had a heart attack. Mm-hmm. It was the doctor said it was he was in bad shape from from all of his stress and anxiety from filming it, and that's kind of why he went that direction.
1: Mm-hmm. I think he was also a new dad at that point, and so they had a lot going on. Yeah, and it, well, I mean, I can't imagine the amount of work that goes in to these kind of movies, especially. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's probably not as much work as it used to be. Probably used to be a lot more work,
3: mm-hmm. yeah. and
1: and now when when you say I want to design the ship, you just send right up an email and send it over to the guys in the in the design department into yeah. ILM, and then and then they make something, you know, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. They
2: make a, a rendering of it on a computer program, yeah, yeah. Instead of, like, here's what it looks like. Make a model out of nothing. Mm -hmm. That's that's one of the cool things.
1: That's one of Mm -hmm. the things. Is like, this movie in particular, A New Hope, changed cinema forever. Changed the way movies were made. Mm
3: -hmm.
1: And everything. Especially all the special effects. And it's one of the reasons why, for their time, for the time period, Star Wars has always been the best looking movie. You want to look at some movies with, uh, CGI from 99, <laughs> Yeah. you know, you could complain about some of the stuff that's in the, the Phantom Menace, but it, it doesn't even compare, you can't even compare mm-hmm. them. They're so much better than a lot of the movies that, that took, that did that. And that's, that's what he did with this, the that's one of the things that Star Wars has always done right is move cinema forward. Mm-hmm. Take, it was the idea wasn't just to make a great movie. It was also, how can we, how can we do this better? How can we do this with the same quality, but cheaper? That's what George's mm-hmm. idea was with a CGI. You know, uh, I think Kathleen Kennedy said, when they started doing the Mandalorian that it was George's dream. And, and that's kind of the, the volume was his dream of, cause he had said that someday people would be able to make these movies in their garage. Mm-hmm. And that, and that was the idea. And that was the point of, of the CGI and pushing it forward and, and all of his tech and the way they did everything. And just, I mean, You think about how the space battles were done with models Mm
3: -hmm. and,
1: and how they're overlaid and it's just, it's just, we come from a time where everything is so much simpler because it's mostly just done on a piece on a computer
3: Mm -hmm.
1: and you think of the work and the time it took to make that stuff.
2: Yeah.
0: Hmm. yeah i think the other thing though too to to think about is the fact that george whether it was making a new hope or any really in any of his films like up into his most recent work that he's done is he is on top of everything he knows mm-hmm. everything that's going on he's a micromanager you know? yeah big time you know like <laughs> i i think it's difficult i think he's for also a perfectionist to, as well yes that's what it is i think and i think in a way that is awesome that he's he does that i mean not maybe for his health but since he is a perfectionist he does like he does final sign offs and stamps on everything so it's him you know like so he's not saying oh you did this bad you did this bad and i almost feel like that's why he edits his movies after because he's so hard on mm. himself and he's like, I made this mistake. Not oh, this you know, this department didn't do it I wanted or this did. He's like, I signed off on every single piece of this movie down to the piece of clothing to you know, dialogue or anything. like he he's the one that said yes. And so when he sees it at the end, he's like, I made a mistake. I need mm-hmm. to fix it. And I think that's why for a lot of the people, you know, in the different departments that you know help make these movies come to life, I don't think that anybody feels bad about it. You know, like, I don't think that they're like, hey, you took something I worked hard and now you're going to change it. I think they all feel like they're helping George bring it to life. You know, they're, it's not like it's theirs.
1: I think that is also the reason why George sold sold it to Disney. Because my thought, I've always thought, you know, he could have just said, hey, J.J. Abrams, want to make a move, Want to make a Star Wars? Want to make Star Wars Episode Seven, Mm-hmm. But I don't believe George could do that.
0: <laughs>
1: At the very least, even if he had hired directors and, and hired all these people to do it, he's going to still come down every day and go, uh, no, 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 that doesn't fit mine. Nope, we got to yeah, do look- it this way. And, mm-hmm. and so I think that was him... Wanting for new movies to be done, but knowing that he can't be over it because yeah. this is like, we've talked about, it's his baby. It's his creation. And he can't be tired. Basically. If people are still making star Wars that he could have a say in.
0: Hmm. Yeah. And I think like, I, I love watching interviews of people who worked on, Star Wars movies and how they felt about the project and everything like that. And I, I, I really love like when you get into like uh, the art design of it, maybe the, the look of a character, an alien or what they're wearing, things like that. And I love it really like brings home this point about George. I love when because it's so rare, even to them, they're shocked when they're like, I created this thing and it actually went and, like it happened. You know, like, I did this thing, and George didn't say no. He didn't change it, like, at all. You know, like, it, it just goes to show you, like, George was over every single thing. Maybe some artists did a pretty close rendering, but he still tweaked it here and there. But there was a few moments where, you know, someone created something, and it went all the way to the final movie. And even them, they were shocked, like... I created this, you know, out of like his ideas and it actually went, George didn't say change this or change that. He was like, okay, looks good. Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah. It just goes to show, you know, George was over every single piece.
1: Yeah. That's just, uh, what just Star Wars said in the chat. Yeah. He was constantly over anything. And I think he's, he's satisfied with his, Mm -hmm. his six films. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I, I would agree. I think, And he just, just the stuff that he came up with, even in, like, the Clone Wars and everything, uh, this, Mm -hmm. this, I just realized, this episode is just becoming a George George Lucas Lucas. episode. (laughs) But, but I mean, we're talking about (laughs) Star Wars, so isn't everything? Yeah.
2: I mean, that's, it's it's this episode because it's talking about the movie that started it all, right?
1: Yeah. And they put, uh, so in every episode of anything mandalorian boba fett obi-wan kenobi show one of the very first title cards at the end says based on star wars by george lucas
2: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: so i mean he gets credit anything that's created in this universe basically he gets credit for whether he had a part in it or not
2: mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah but if you think about yeah. it anything that that dave touches has influence, massive influence from George. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm sure it's the same way for Favreau too.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. Any yeah. anything that they are I mean, I mean all obviously all of it's been influenced by George, but Dave specifically learned at the hand of George while he's doing the Clone Wars. I think George had a lot of input on that show and Dave was there, you know, discussing and leading that show with him.
1: I time. think that another thing too, is that Favreau is more the original trilogy kind of guy and likes the, the older stuff. Whereas Dave goes, nope, I worked with George on the prequels and here's what he was saying. And so mm-hmm. this is kind of, so they they have a good mixture, I think.
2: Yeah. I think Whereas, I think what you're saying I, Favreau has a more love for the original trilogy. But yeah. Dave Dave sees the universe as a whole.
1: Yeah. And I think that that goes a little to my point of where J.J. was an original trilogy fan. Mm-hmm. And I don't think he liked the prequels at all. I I think it's kind of one of those things he says. The very first line in his movie is, this will begin to make things right. Yeah. And the more I hear that, the more I hate that line, but
2: <laughs> cause it's, it's JJ uh, trying to fix what George Lucas did. Like, how do you fix what George Lucas did? <laughs> it's obviously just need fixing. If it's George's
1: Uh, we still don't see or hear you Josiah. that's so weird. Uh, so yeah, and and George was saying so much about these movies and he touched he tells such an interesting tale, especially in the original trilogy. I like I like how he was able to take a new hope, which is uh, I think uh, Presto had said it, but it's one of the better movies you could watch one off. Yeah, uh, for sure. Without without any prior knowledge of anything. And because it's just the uh coming of age adventure story. And I like that he was able to take that movie which in itself is a complete movie. But also make it the first part of a trilogy.
2: I like that just Star Wars saying this will begin to make things right should be the first line if they ever do a new trilogy. <laughs> That's yeah. <laughs> I can totally agree with that. Um
1: Are you still there, Josiah or man but okay with uh that you guys want to start wrapping it up then since 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 josiah is having technical issues which kind of it it sucks but you know we all have to deal with it that's that such as life and technology yep So, um, I just want (laughs) to (laughs) say, yeah, he says he talked a lot less now. (laughs) So, (laughs) uh, as we mentioned before, thank you so much for everyone that's joined us, uh, please hit that like button subscribe. If you haven't already, uh, also uh, join join our Discord server. It's a good it's a good community fun community lighthearted. hearted uh, As most you know, we try to keep everything positive, especially when it comes to Star Wars because it it can get Negative sometimes so even even if we don't have Even if say the sequels aren't our favorite we still try to find the positive in Star Wars There's always something I can always find something to enjoy in Star Wars. And so join our join our discord there and, and we have good discussions. You can ask us questions. Uh, oh, uh, I think we and, and ask us questions there that might be able to answer on the show. Also, uh, you can support us on Patreon as well. We do have our first members uh Togo Bap was our hero and he is our first member and also uh Josiah's got his twitter down there if you want to give him a follow also uh, shout out to uh, his son's youtube channel there hezekiah's toys and games also uh q you want to shout out what all your other
2: uh yeah i just once again want to thank everybody for stopping by uh, just Star Wars. It's nice to see you in chat. Um, I've got my Twitter there, uh, Crazy Quentin. You follow me on Twitch. I play all kinds of different games, um, strategy games, FPS. Uh, uh, I will definitely have a focus on Star Wars games, especially with some of the new ones coming out here in the future. And I also have my my own gaming YouTube channel. Uh, it's called Crazy Q Gaming. Uh, if you want to check that out, I do post some uh, some videos from my streams and and such there. Again, thanks everybody for stopping
1: by. Yep. Yeah, and I'm just going to plug my stuff as well. You can give me a follow on Twitter, uh, at Twitch. I'm Darth Canuck and, uh, my YouTube channel is Darth Canuck as well. And we, yeah, it's mostly, it's mostly games. Some could be some other stuff as well. Some adventures, just videos. I like to post, you know, if you just want to hang out, go ahead and please uh, give that, get a subscribe and. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, anything uh, else you want to say?
2: Uh, yep. I want to just ask you, Ty. What does uh, What does Obi Wan always say?
1: He says, "May the Force be with you, always." Always. always.